G'day, good people. Welcome to Papa Fire Works It Out. It's a conversation where we explore and work out the experiences and ideas of my guests. Today, I'm very proud to present a conversation with Mal Feng, who's a nurse, a yoga teacher, and a cancer survivor. It's a very important conversation about confronting mortality. And without further ado, here it is. Mal, thanks so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Cheers. We're Cheers. drinking uh, Aperol spritzes that have been made by my beautiful wife, Annie. Yeah. And I'm here chatting to you about the year that you've had. And we're also catching up for a long... A long time. A long time. Um, I've known you since, well, I don't know, probably 2003, 2004. Yes. So tell me about the year that you've had. You're a, you're a registered nurse. Yeah. You're a yoga teacher. Yeah. And... There's one aspect of your biography which I'd like you to tell the story of. Oh, um, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, this year, um, at the start of the year, in, um, in February, I was diagnosed with um, lymphoma, um, a, a subtype of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma called primary mediastinal B-cell lymph- B, large B-cell lymphoma, or um, abbreviated to PMBCL. Um, so it's a, a, it's a non-Hodgkin's of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, but it only affects two to 6% of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that was at the start of the year, I got really sick. Uh, and, and I think the symptoms of what I got was very nondescript, um, of like dry cough, dry persistent cough. And I didn't think anything of it because, um, um, my partner and I were, overseas for Christmas in England. So I thought I caught the flu. Sure. <laughs> and I thought, oh God, this, this is taking forever. This cough is like, it's driving me nuts. Um, didn't think anything of it. I, figured, I thought it was viral. Like what's the point of going to see a doctor? Um, and then we, uh, like, and then we came home and I was still coughing. And the coughing went on for about a month in Jan. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm starting to like, I'm coughing so much, but my neck veins are showing up now. Um, so I was like, oh, God, I'm like, I must be coughing so much that my neck veins are showing, like as if I've been lifting weights, you know, I mean, like straining. And then um, the neck veins didn't go down. Then the, head, then the face swelling started. And, they, and the face swelling gets, it got better as I was upright um, throughout the day. So it'd be absolute worse in the morning. And then... It'll, it'll subside during the day and then it'll get bad when I wake up in the morning again. So, um, and it got progressively worse. So by the time I, um, by the time February kicked in, um, I was doing my yoga teacher training at that time. And I just realizing that my body, I wasn't able to do certain things like a simple down dog was really hard because I was inverted and the blood flow is just going straight to the head. And I just got this head fullness and um, it, just, it just felt like I was going to pass out all the time. And then it came to a point where I couldn't lie flat in bed for, for days, for days until I was diagnosed and it just got progressively worse. So I think near the end I was propped up on three pillows at home just to fall asleep because it found it hard to breathe because it was just like, I felt like as if someone was, I had a tourniquet around my neck. Yeah, so it was just like, and I, at first I thought it was out my allergies because I'm allergic to peanut and hazelnut and crab and I was like, but I haven't had this. 
haven't had any of them. I've been really good and being like completely avoiding those two things. Um, oh, crab as well. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, what's going on? And, I, and then I remember like I was in yoga teacher training and the day before I like it got really bad, I couldn't even lie lie down in um, what we call Shavasana at the, um, and it was just the start of the practice. It was a very easy practice in the morning and it's called yin yoga. So we just like, we start lying down and I couldn't lie down because like, the headache was so bad and just felt like my brain's gonna like pop. And I was just in tears and I was like, something's wrong. This is not me. Mm. Because I was like so fit and healthy. I've been eating well. I treated my body like with respect mm. as that like a, you know, like worked out, ate well, try to sleep as much as you can. You know, all those things that we want to do that all we, we know that, you know, to do for our body. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so the following day I, I remember I was getting up, um, getting up ready to go for yoga teacher training. It was a Saturday and my partner was just looked at me because he was going to work. And he's like, please go see a doctor. You're not well. And I go, okay, I will. I just need to get through this because I paid $3,000, um, <laughs> 3000 plus. <laughs> and I really just want to get this done. Okay, yeah. And I've got a day off. I'll take the day off tomorrow and I go have it. I go get it checked out. But like, I'll get it checked out today. I just want to go and get this done. Um, so, yeah, I remember just feeling really lightheaded going to the yoga practice. And I was like, I can actually just, if I'm present, it'd be a fine. I would don't need to do the actual practice. And, you know, so we started it. I was sitting down talking to one of my friends there. And then at the start of the class, it's like, okay, stand up to the top of your mats. And I just fell straight back and fainted. Um, I remember hearing bees, like like everyone's voices were turning to humming bees. And then the next thing I knew, I woke up with all my friends looking at me and like, may I lie down, you're blue. And... I, yeah, and I was just kind of like, what just happened? I don't faint. This is not me. And I so sat, I couldn't lie flat for too long because the, pr the pressure to my, to my head was getting worse again. And then um, so I sat up and just wait for the practice to finish. Everyone's like, Mal, please go get checked out. Don't worry about this course. Who cares? You know what I mean? Your health is more important. You know, so made my way to the hospital. I thought nothing of it, so I was thinking, oh, I must be dehydrated. I just drank water, so I caught the train home. I wish I should, like, in hindsight, I should have caught the ambulance. <laughs> um, but I was like, you know, it's like the ignorance is bliss kind of thing. Um, caught the train home, and I spoke to my brother on the way there because I just needed someone to talk to as I'm walking to the hospital that I work at, um, RPA. And... Um, obviously freaking out and it's like, hey, and I was saying to my brother, like, oh, look, I just, just fainted and, you know, I'm going to the hospital, I'm getting checked out, but I'm really quite concerned because this doesn't happen. And he's like, yeah, like my brother's like, you sound really scared. And I go, yep, can you stay on the phone and just talk about stuff? Um, going there and then I went in and I just, you know, when as a nurse yourself, as, as, as a nurse, I start diagnosing and you know, just all those sort of things like, okay, haven't had nuts and just eliminating all those um, variables. And I remember uh, being, being renal trained, um, dealing with people with dialysis and having vas caps and whatnot that have um, a vas cap that sometimes blocks the superior vena cava. Um, that is one of the major veins that drains the blood from their head. Right. Um, 
And when they have, sometimes when that vascaf, that cathra, um, blocks the, the vessel, you can have um, those kind of symptoms of head fullness, your veins popping up, um, all those sort of things. So you were, you were doing triage on yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, as I'm walking down with talking to my brother, I was going through that and I explained, I explained that when I saw the nurse, when I saw the doctor um, and I go like, I really feel something's wrong um, and I told him, you know, I think something's blocking my superior vena cava because I've seen it in renal patients who have a vascaf and don't have a vascaf. So something, I think something's really sinister. But I'm happy for you to prove me wrong yeah. <laughs> and that I'm a pedantic nurse and it's a viral and go home and just rest up. Sure. Um, so he's like, so he's, he goes, okay, sure. He listened to me. He was so good. He was so good. He listened to me. He's doing all these tests like... I'm going to lie you flat and listen to your heart. He lied me flat and I started coughing um, because like I was just getting all these symptoms, headaches coming back. He's like, oh, you're coughing. And I go, yeah, like it happens when I lie down. Um, then he sat me back up and he goes, put your hands, put your arms above your head. And I was like, okay, I'm getting lightheaded again, getting that pressure. He goes, okay, I'm going to send you for an x-ray. We'll do some bloods. Um, so the chase looks I went for it. It was really quite hard to hold my breath and they were getting all, to that, all those sort of things. And I was like, okay. So he pulled me into the room, probably a few, probably a good, what well, I felt like a few minutes to me, but it's probably about like an hour or so later, um, sitting down, getting monitored um, at, in the, within, within the emergency department. And he pulled me um, aside and he goes, okay, this is your x-ray that I took when, um, when I met your wife, <laughs> we've all started. Um, back then they took an, a, a baseline x-ray in case you get exposed. So that's, that's an x-ray that they do inside the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital if yeah, you work there. Yeah. So they do health checks on all the employees. Yeah, yeah. So my wife Annie, who's a nurse, and that's how you know, we know each other. Yeah. So when you both started, which would have been about the same time. 2003. 2003, 2004, something. 2003 mm. probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's when – so they're comparing that initial X-ray from your first days yeah. as a nurse. Yeah. As a trainee nurse. Yeah. And, and that's what they're comparing this new one to. Yeah. So it was um, – so oh, this is the based on X-ray from 2003 and this is X-ray we just took moments ago. And I lost it because it was ginormous. Um, yeah. The mass was so evident. Yeah. Um, so it's in the mediastinum, which is the center of my um, my chest, and yeah. just behind the chest wall, behind the sternum. And it's um, the size of it was ten by ten by ten. And how the doctor goes in that's ten centimeters. Is it ten centimeters? That's yeah. Okay. So two two fistfuls. Wow. Um, pressing. On, the, on top of the heart and wow. pressing on the, you know, the esophagus. So I found that's why I find it hard to breathe. Mm. Um, I wasn't getting the blood drainage from the head, but it also explains why as I'm upright, it helps assist the blood drainage back down to the heart. So anything after that, like anything like that, like lying flat would just increase the pressure. So that's... Um, that so was, that that's was the story of, of finding out. Finding out. And how does that how does that moment hit you when you when you see? I mean, you're medically trained, yeah. so when you were triaging yourself, I assume that you didn't consider 
was it was it on the list of things that you potentially were considering in your head uh, as you were walking to the hospital? Yeah, I was, was thinking like there's something sinister. Sure. And when, when I mean by that, it was kind of like there's something yeah, um, mass-wise, yeah, sure, cancer-wise. Because you, you, you would have thought about the previous months mm. as well and how your he- health has been affected. Yeah. And so do you think that your, you know, the fact that you were having these coughing and so on and because you're otherwise so fit and healthy that do you think that contributed to you not um and because obviously you're a nurse as well uh and there's a famous thing in the health workers are terrible patients you know doctors are not good patients nurses aren't good patients and particularly people who are healthy as well um you know you're like well i don't get sick so i'm sure this might just be a passing thing and Mm. so do you think that all contributed to the you know well I won't go and I, I don't need to go to a doctor it's a passing thing and then that it all cum- accumulated so that's that's a it's a powerful story and and so th- the realization I'm sure how how, did, how does that feel to kind of have that confirmation visually that you're oh. that you're so sick and that you're you've got this yeah condition yeah now? Uh, so that was I would say that it would put it like it just throws the world upside down mm. you're almost going to like a parallel universe, um, like you're you're in the world with everybody else, but you're just completely out of it. Yeah. Um, you're trying to make sense of all. It feels like I felt like I was having psychosis. So I was like, now my colleagues are treating me. I'm not in scrubs. Mm. I'm now a patient. Yeah. And that is um, what was so hard for me to kind of like, kind of comprehend straight up straight up when I was told that. And then um. So the one thing that I wanted was information. Uh, I was like, I don't know anything about this. I worked. I worked. I'd done shifts mm. in um, in wards with um, you're in treating cancer patients, and the immediate thing that came to my mind is that nothing ends well with cancer. Um, but then um, it was also because I see the worst. As a nurse, you see you see the worst of the worst. Yeah. Um, I didn't think of the ones who get treated and go home, Um, the ones who um, make it out and and potentially never have it come back as well. Um, So I was thinking doom and gloom. Um, I was thinking all my vital organs are like really compromised right now. Um, And my main thing was how to get, how do I get that message to my partner? Wow because um, my partner works on the long distance country link um, New South Wales trains. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as we know, <laughs> it gets quite sketchy when you go into the country with reception and stuff. And at the same time, how do I break that news um, to him and my other loved ones, my family? Um, that was really hard. And it was, the, it was the day after my brother's birthday who I was talking to on the phone as well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, how do I'm gonna do this? Um, and so what was that process like? It was finding out ways, and did did you decide on a method of communication or have a plan? Uh, I was very. How did you go? How did you go about it? Yeah, I was very lucky that I had um, the the nurses there took charge of that. They they and I go, I don't what to do. I feel like it's a bad dream. I'm like, okay, first here's a phone, call call somebody, Mm. and then get them to call the next, and then start that ball rolling. You need support. Get your loved ones in. Um, and they took me to um, one of the isolation rooms 
to make that because I was completely like just in tears. I was just like mortified. Mm. I was like, just like absolutely shaking. Also struggling to breathe from the other, from the symptoms of the lymphomas while pressing on my um, my heart and my lungs. Um, Then, yeah, so got my brother to come in. Um, I was very lucky that um, as the news was breaking out, my friends from yoga came. Wow. Um, And I just met them for like a few weeks before that. Mm. They came, they sat by me and they're like, we're here with you. And then... Um, by that time I had the x-ray ready and then I just had the CT scan and, and his, and the doctor was saying, okay, it's, it's massive, but this treatable, it's most likely lymphoma. You're going to be immediate on a hematology and this is your consultant and what treatment may look like is chemotherapy and radiation. And that, and I was like, okay, okay, fine. Um, He's like, don't lose hope. You're young, you're healthy. You're, you're more equipped to deal mm. with chemo and the treatment that comes with it, um, with, with cancer. And I was like, okay. And I'm just like losing it <laughs> still. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so my brother came in and straight away um, told him and I was like, okay, we need to get the family on board. I don't want any secrets. Yeah. Um, um, because like at that time I just I didn't know how much time I had. I was so symptomatic. Um and just struggling to breathe, struggling to sleep, all those sort of things um, you know, before that day. And and once you once I find out, I had no more defenses. I didn't have that ignorance is bliss anymore. I didn't have anything to kind of um or oh, you know, it's a viral and just soldier on yeah. with with your adrenaline and all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. Um, I'm doing a yoga course. <laughs> yeah. I'm no longer doing a yoga course. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to be strong anymore because yeah. I'm I'm I got cancer. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then and so the the battle begins, I suppose. Now you've yeah you've seen you've like crested the hill and you've seen the the shape of of this this enemy, I suppose. Yeah. It's, it's and then. How and then what's the next step? You you said you wanted information and treatment, and that, and it sounds like the treatment started to begin immediately. Yeah. So five days later, I started the chemo. Um, because it was on the weekend, I had to wait until um anything's done. Yeah. Um. So I was like, so it's a matter. They didn't want to give me steroids. Um. Yeah. Which like to shrink the mass because steroids. That's what steroids do. Um. Because uh, they don't want to give me steroids straight away because it would, it would um, mask the results of a biopsy. Um, so I was like, okay, fine. Let's just give me paracetamol, you know, some strong painkillers, whatever. And I was, I didn't need the strong painkillers. I was just, that made me more sick. I just felt really nauseous and dizzy, which I didn't need. I, already, I was already feeling that. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of staying, staying put with symptom management. Um, by then my partner came on the following day returned home from um, Grafton. Um, so my, my partner knew about it. Um, he relinquished his duties. He's like, I can't work yeah. anymore. And I think that was the most distressing thing, not having um, the one that you care about there and also putting that, uh, also having that stress yeah. on, on them as well. And that was the most... Um, you know, and you both worrying to and fro about each other, yeah. um, because essentially, um, I'm 
I'm his tether to Australia. Like sure. he, he travelled, um, we met when we were travelling, uh, when he was travelling here and he's now an Australian citizen. Oops, so, yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so it was, I was just kind of like, oh, I, I'm so worried. Um, um, and I just, I, I like immediately in my head and it's like, I just, I, I, I got so many things I want to say and so many things I want to do and I don't know if this is going to work out. Um, and, you know, I think everyone feels that way when they go through um, treatment or when they get a diagnosis as such because um, you just don't know. Yeah, the, um, uns- the uncertainty. Yeah. You know, you're just one day, you know, you think you've got a bit of a cough mm. and, and the future is laid out in front of you as you imagine it. Yeah. And then I can imagine, you know, suddenly you're confronted with life and death and all yeah. of that entails. And I imagine that changes your thinking about the future. Oh, irre- ir- You know, irrevocably. You can't, you, you, I'm sure the, what you had imagined, mm. you know, is, is no longer possible in, in that form. And you have yeah. this great uncertainty about, <laughs> about what you're confronting and how it's going to mm. end up. So, t- and so that's the next thing that you have to deal with. You're dealing yeah. with the emotional, existential yep. fear yeah. as well 100%. as dealing with your friends and family and loved ones mm. and you're both, it seems like what I'm hearing is you're concerned about your own being and mm. then also how your needs are going to affect those around you, if, particularly if yeah. your partner has to quit their job. You yeah. Know? So how did you go about dealing with that? What was the strategy and what uh, happened? The strategy... Um, it was, again, just kind of like just asking for advice. And I'm like, I've never gone through this before. How, um, what do I need to do next? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, I just like, I was just reaching out for whatever I could. Um, tell me what I need to do. Um, <laughs> or like, okay, what does that test mean? Um, okay, so what are the pros and cons? Uh, and um, how can my partner go about this? Um, what am I meant to do with that information? That kind of yeah. those kind of questions I constantly ask, and I was like, okay, you know, just that's how I was, like that's how I just went went through it because my it was very hard to switch off that nursing the, brain no, as well, yeah, sure. that the way of thinking. Um, then, yeah, and as a as a test rolled in, so I had my my uh, biopsy on the Monday. Um, then the following day, I had my PET scan. What's a, what's a PET scan? Oh, so a PET scan's a a scan, a CT scan that puts they give you radioactive dye. Okay. Um, which um, that's full of sugar, so you're fasting, and so that gets um, because cancer cells they love um, sugar because they so they, they that's how grow. they want to grow. Um, they're aggressive, um, so they take up that radioactive iodine. Uh, radioactive, yeah, radioactive um, dye. Yeah. Um, and then, as you're in the scan, it lights up. Okay. And um, and that's what it, that's how it shows, um, where it is. So um, a lot was rank. Like I was like, okay, wow, this is happening. You can't move during once they injected that. You need to wait for a few like a few, like well, I think it was about half an hour or forty minutes or so. I can't remember. Um, and I had a few of them now. <laughs> I can't, yeah. still can't remember that. It just feels like forever waiting in this room. And then you go through the scan and then um, they give you the results and then that tells you how, where it is, if there's any more 
masses in a way. Um, so once I got the results, I was like, okay, great. It's stage two. Um, in lymphoma, there's, it goes up from, up from stage one to four. So um, stage two being that it's um, because they cut the body in qu- quadrants. So it was nothing below the diaphragm, thankfully. Um, so in a way, I was quite lucky that it was in so close around the vital organs that it gave me all those symptoms because I caught it so early mm-hmm. in that respect. Um, and yeah, and that it was, and because it's in both sides of my chest, that's the stage two. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I had the following day, I had my gated heart pulse scan because, oh, by the Monday they started giving me, after I had the biopsy, they gave me steroids. So it started, I started feeling better. I started shrinking yeah. a little bit. Um, but by the Wednesday, the steroids didn't work anymore. It was very high dose steroids. It was, wow. it was a lot. Um, it didn't work anymore because it just, I just blew up like a balloon. The left arm blew up mm-hmm. um, because the lymphoma was pressing on my veins. So I started getting clots, deep, deep vein thrombosis throughout my left arm. Wow. Um, so it, it looks, yeah, it looked almost similar to my calf. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah like your right arm's been on a long flight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I haven't and moved without it. moving, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So it, it, it feels like... It's, it sounds like you're going through like purgatory, like you're in oh, yeah. this like realm of uncertainty and, you know, pain, misery uns- and, and difficulty. And then you start and soon after this is when you start chemo. Yeah. So by that, when I had that gate at heart pool scan, it was just to measure what your heart, what their heart health is like before they start chemo. And the moment I had that, happen I was I had really great um, a great team of people looking after me um and they said okay they she like the registrar she kept calling down and I go what are the results okay and then she ran like oh, feels like she ran in because everything feels like yeah, it was yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> she came in the moment like about oh, felt it felt like minutes after I came back and she goes okay we know we we don't know the full results of the biopsy but we know enough that it's a lymphoma that it's a b cell and we're starting chemo which you consent and I go yes let's do it and I was like called my partner I'm like okay we need you need to come in we're starting chemo um and so that's how it began day five like five days after being admitted that's what that was the Man, that's that's such a crazy timeline to yeah, think that yeah. five days previously you know, you just thought you had a cough and a cold and a bit of, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so what's, what's chemo like? Oh. Yeah. It doesn't seem Uh, fun. Yeah. Like I won't, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was terrible. Mm. Um, It affixed people differently. So I'm not, I don't want to discredit um, what people, the symptoms that people did or did not feel, but I can only speak from my experience. Um, The nausea was hell. For me, um, I'm not one to um, that deals with like like seasickness and all that sort of stuff. I'm one like I get that really easily. So I think when it came to chemo, I was like that was times fifty sure. for me. So I, I just I I felt nauseous all the time. Um, then the metallic taste comes in. It changes your your the the taste that you have. It constipates you. Um, and oh it changes the way you smell like what you Mm. smell um so certain smells drive me nuts and um like certain colognes anything really strong smelling 
like through like just gave me nausea. Wow. Yeah. Um, like fabric softener. I smelled that from a mile away. Wow. Um, I had to ask my partner, not please don't wear any more cologne. Like you, you yeah. don't need it, and you you surely don't stink. So please don't wear it. It's, it's making me well, nauseous. Be, yeah. It's funny because it would change your subjective experience so much. Because I, I mean, I have no experience personally. Um, fortunately, I, I, my family members who were affected by cancer were when I was very, very young and far yeah. too young to remember or, or really empathise, you know, when I was yeah. six years old. Yeah. Um, I had some family members who were affected, but, I mean, I read this book uh, called The Emperor of All Maladies. Okay. Which is just terrifying. So it's a book about cancer. Yeah. It's about the history of cancer research mm. and how they've improved um, cancer treatment over the years and how it dates back from, you know, when it was just this mysterious thing that didn't have a name and mm. all the way to the development of chemo and beyond. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's confronting. It's a very difficult book to even read. Yeah. And I, and I experienced nothing of the symptoms, mm. um, but just, just, it was, it's beautifully written and it really, honors the accounts of people who go through yeah these tre- these treatments but you know reading the descriptions of what chemotherapy is designed to do by design it's basically yeah. trying to to try to break your body down to its you know the barest like survivable point effectively i mean that's my understanding of what yeah it's done is you get bombarded to kill almost everything yeah and that's yeah. the and <clears throat> along with the cancer being targeted, there's a lot of collateral damage. And so, yeah, um, that seems like a very, very difficult thing to go through. It's this, oh, this sounds terrible. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to say it and to own it, but it is mm. poison. Yeah. Um, and that's what it does. Like it kills fast replicating cells, yep. what cancer does. And that means that's when your hair falls out. Yep. That's when your skin stops growing. My nails went black. Mm, wow. um, it's just it's just like one of the one of the chemo drugs. It has a lot of tannin in it, so it just changes the color of your nails. It just goes brittle and black. Um, yeah, and that's just a few things of what yeah. it made me feel. Um, well, I don't want to. I don't <laughs> want to make you relive. Oh it no, no, it's absolutely it. fine. But um, I'm, one thing I'm curious about, just as a sidebar, yeah. is um, one thing I've read and with great interest, uh, Annie and I attended a conference which was um, medical professionals for medical marijuana. Mm. This was maybe two years ago now. Uh, And one of the things that they were talking about was that, you know, what you described was nausea. And did you have problems with appetite with chemo? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I'm assuming, did you have any access to medicinal marijuanas? No. 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 And I I wish we did. Yeah, right. Um, Would you have been open to trying oh, 100%, it? 100%. Even? Okay. 100%. Do you know, it's like when, you, when you're exhausted all the anti-emetics under the sun sure. and the steroids actually meant to increase your appetite. And I think it, it, there's an element where it does after you recover from your first, from your cycle of chemo. Yeah. Um, but I felt it made, it exacerbated all of that. And I sure. wish I had something else that, wasn't 
um, from all the antiemetics that I was taking. So I would have loved something that. Something perhaps that grows in the ground. <laughs> yeah, something that grows <laughs> and, in the and, ground. And hum, humans, have, anyway, look, that, this is a personal <laughs> bugbear of mine that um, we, we seem to be a, a long way behind the curve, at, at least even mm. if it's something that, that is offered and tried. If it works, it works. It might not. Absolutely. You know. But anyway, it seems like a, a sensible conversation about that is a long way off in Australia, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so that's just a quick sidebar for my own <laughs> yeah, yeah. personal <laughs> um, attitude. It's a big yes for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're now in this hellish period of chemo. Yeah. Um, how long did that take? Yeah. So I had six cycles um, of, a, of a protocol called RCHOP. Okay. Um, does Archop have a, like a is yeah. that a, have like a is that a sinister acronym? What is that? Oh, so for? it's just it's just the um, abbreviation for all the drugs that they okay. give you for the chemo um, right. oops, for the chemo regimen. Um, so I it's it has immunotherapy attached to it. Okay. Um, so immunotherapy, I, I, I can't. I can't tell you how long, when did it came out, but it's one of those newer things that come out with um, cancer treatments, which is, um, so you got your chemo drugs, which is the top side. So I got, I had um, cyclophosphamide. I had it's okay. all those you, sort of things. You don't, yeah, yeah. Anyway. You, you don't need to remember the name. But the immunotherapy side was, um, it's, it's not chemo as such. It doesn't destroy the cells, but it actually helps um, the immune system. So it latches onto the cancer cells. So the immune system can recognize it as a cancer cell so you can get rid of it. Okay. So I had that as part of, that was the R in front of the chop. Okay. And right. so I had immunotherapy with chemotherapy. Um, so had six cycles of that. So that, um, it was about two weeks in between. Um, and how long is the cycle? Um, oh, like, yeah, every two weeks. So, so have, every two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, sure. yes. Yeah, yeah. So it took over just over three, four months. Okay. Um, in total. Um, and so is it two weeks on, two weeks off? Is that the cycle or how does, oh, I'm so, just trying to understand. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you go, I go in for the day. So I got my treatment in Lifehouse, in okay. Chris O'Brien Lifehouse, which is just opposite the road from up here where I work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I had my first round of chemo, my first cycle of chemo in RPA. Um, and I was looked after really well by my colleagues. They saved my life. I can't, I can't thank them enough. Yeah. Um, and then I had the remaining treatment as an outpatient and I went home. Um, yeah, I'm a patient that went home. That's amazing. Um, I recovered at home. And, yeah, that's incredible. And so as the treatment's going along, how soon into the process did you know that, that, that it was that it was on the right track and that it was working? And so pretty uh, within days actually. Wow. So um, I had so when so you get the infusions and that takes about like a good like a working day. Like okay. I go in at eight o'clock, I get my bloods done, get the chemo, and then I'll be out by four. Yep. <laughs> it's like a working day. Um, and then I go home and I just recover. Sure. Um, and, and, that's, and that's the suffering period. Where yeah. You, so you get, you basically get a day of like poison. Yes. <laughs> and you absorb all the poison and then you go home and then you basically, it does its work. Yeah, it and does its work. And that's where you yeah. have to suffer through the purgatory. And yeah. then two weeks later you do it again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm just yeah. trying to get a picture of what, what it looks like. Mm, I mean, mm. it's, yeah, it sounds, but... I mean, this is this is the the miracle of what we're dealing with. Like, yeah, you know, a hundred years ago, it would just be, Mal, we have no, you passed out. Yeah, you know, we don't know what's wrong. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
And so how, how does that make you feel as, as like seeing, I'm, I'm assuming there's like lots of numbers involved and like there, there's counts and you see them going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Feel feel good. So how is your, you know, were you doing all the, the, the same things that you were doing in your healthy lifestyle? Were you, you know, just uh, what was your diet like? I assume it would be difficult because you're affected by your chemo. Yeah, yeah. So, so what were you um, trying to do uh, as well as obviously I'm, I, I'm assuming if you were healthy, before any of this struck, you would have just tried to maintain or even, you know, increase the level of your yeah. like health consciousness. Um, so it's, what, what oh, God, it, like? was, it was hard to keep in terms of physical side. So, you know, you're, you're stuck in your bed or you migrate from the bed to the couch and that's, that's what that's some days... That's an achievement. That's an achievement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then there were, there were some days where um, in the first... Because the first week's really hard after chemo, like the week... Um, the days that lead up. Um, so there's some, there were some days where I got a, a bit of energy and I was like, okay, I'll go for a walk. Just kind of move. Because you got that fatigue, but I was told by my um, by the nurses, my colleagues, so they're like, you feel fatigued, but that's when you need to kind of challenge your body and start moving it. And that's what's going to help move the chemo through the body yeah. and excrete it. Yeah. And I'm like, great, okay. Um, so at the moment I felt a little bit better. I went for a walk. Um, or I try to do something. Um, and then you got like the sleep disturbances because of the steroids. That's why they keep you up at night. So yep. if I couldn't fall asleep, I just didn't. I just owned it. And then yep. I just tried to do something else. Um, well, how would, what, would I, what were the kinds of things that you would try to occupy your time with? Oh, watching, YouTube. Watching Net, Netflix, YouTube, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and like you, you can only watch it for a certain amount anyway. I, I watch a lot of cat videos. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's, it's you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people describe it as like a hangover, but like I think it's way worse than that. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, you're not reading, you're not you're not able to achieve big things. Yeah, I can um, imagine because you, you're f- when you're when you're unwell, you can't. It's it's hard to enjoy even the most mm. mindless of like distractions. You know, Doctor Phil or something, something, something that which yeah. doesn't require a lot of mental energy to absorb. Yeah. If you're sick enough, is still not going to change how you feel, or it's not yeah. going to distract you enough. So, I can only imagine that. You know, if I compare some of my worst hangovers. Um, I'm not even getting close, you know. Yeah. And I don't. En- you don't enjoy anything. You don't. Life is. Oh, life. Yeah. Life is. You watch perfect. cat videos. <laughs> yeah. <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've gone through this process, and everything's gone in the right direction. And then you're an outpatient, and you're going home, and you've got a. You've got the tick. You've got the clean bill of health. And how does how does that feel, having gone from, you know, a couple of, a couple of months before. You had no idea what was going. You know, yeah. you thought you had a cough. I struggled to breathe, and then five days later, <laughs> you have lymphoma, and then three to four months later, you've gone through this hellish process. But you are, you are done, and you feel like you've beaten it. I mean, it's an extraordinary story. And how did that? How does that feel? Oh, it felt. Oh, it felt. It feels amazing now. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. It got really hard near the end. I was mm-hmm. like. I was on struggle street. Like it's hard to go back and do something um, six times that you yeah. know it's going to make you sick. Right. Um, like, do you know, like if you, and I think the perfect analogy for it that my partner gave was that like, oh yeah, like if I drank a bottle of something like vodka and made me really, really sick and then I'll wake up in the morning and then I'll, and someone pours me a glass and go drink it. Yeah. 
you would go and spew. Absolutely. And so I was getting that um, near the end. I was started I started getting um what's the word um. Uh, it's like a preempting kind of nausea. Right. Um, like, so I sat in the chair and I started feeling sick already and I got the vomit bag and I was spewing. Um, so to go through that and then ring the chemo bell, that was like, yeah. you know, I mean, I was like, oh my God, I finally did something I couldn't, do. I felt like I couldn't do. And that feels amazing. Um, and then once that finished, like, we got the okay to go and just have a little quick trip, you know, just did something to celebrate. Yeah. So I was able to recuperate um, a little bit in Bali. Beautiful. Um, I didn't really do much. I slept a lot and I slowly watched my um, hair grow back and it was like, you know, like toddler hair, <laughs> like <laughs> really fine. And I was like, oh, my eyebrows are coming back. My eyelashes are coming back. And when your eyelashes grow back, it's really, it's a really bizarre thing. It's kind of like yeah, itchy all the time, but I was like happy that I was coming back because I had nothing to filter all the dust. Nice. <laughs> It's those little things. It's little things. You wouldn't think about, I don't think anyone thinks about their eyelashes, right? And it's, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, the old John Mitchell thing. Yeah, yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. And so then you've gone on to actually finish this yoga course that you, that you uh, had to, that was rudely interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and so how does that, how does that feel to be part of this community? Because I, I assume that, on this path, you met people who were oh, on the same amazing. journey. And yeah, how, dude. How's, what, what's that like? Oh, it was um, incredibly beautiful um, and, and almost serendipitous in a way. I, um, so I went after chemo, I had radio. So after I came back from Bali, I had radio, radiation. So I had 15 fractions of that with 15 sessions. So I went every single day for three weeks mm-hmm. with weekends off. Um, and then I started, and then I got the remission um, after a scan, and I said, "Yep, I'm coming back. I'm gonna come back and finish training." And Jeez, then I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt. Oh no, sorry. I just, no, I just don't know what radiothera- what's oh. radiotherapy is. So is that what? Oh it's yeah, called? radiotherapy. Sorry. Yeah. And what's what's the difference between that and chemo? I'm just not sure. Oh, so chemo, so chemo you get poisoned, and yeah. radio radiation you get zapped. Okay, what's the zapping? The zapping's from um, so it's like almost having a big X-ray okay. machine that comes and beams. Um, lasers into where the cancer is and to break it up and change its DNA wow. and destroy what's left. So um, even though, it, like, it was still there. So it was still, sure. yeah, still there and they needed to, like, blast what's left in okay. the in, in my chest. Okay, sorry to... Oh, no, it's all right. No, 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 no it's no, all good, it's, it's all good. <laughs> one of the things, having a wife that's a nurse, and uh, I'm not sure if your partner experiences this too... But yeah. nurses have have a lot of lingo and they have a lot of I'm, yeah a lot of Ooh, specialized yes. knowledge yeah and you know I'm not saying that I don't as a lawyer or whatever there's words that we use that are impenetrable oh, yeah uh, but yeah it's just whenever I'm having a conversation with her I always say what what what, what does that actually mean? <laughs> I need to need to stop so anyway I, I apologize oh no thank you for keeping me in check with that no, as no, well no, it's, not, it's it's not about it's not about that. it's just. When you hear, right, you know, because you hear about these things, you hear chemo and then people make assumptions, you know, like the, the broad cultural understanding of chemo is like, okay, it makes your hair fall out. Um, mm. And it's obviously very unpleasant to go through and you see people in movies and they look sallow and sunken cheeks and it looks like it wrecks your body and that's basically it. So it's kind of, you know, mm. and, and so if there's an- another thing, radiotherapy, it's like, oh, what's that? Is it like chemo? I don't know what that is. Because I'm sure it's like entering, you know, when you said, it was really poignant what you said. It's like, you know, like your world 
like was frozen upside down and it's like that feels like you do enter a completely new world where it's as you said said a parallel universe where (laughs) suddenly you are going to be thrust into this thing and and you know if you've been in the community of people who are dealing with cancer then everybody knows what chemo is and what it means everybody yeah. knows what radiotherapy is and what it yeah. means and so translating that for the outside world is, mm. is is um i guess a little bit unusual and that's kind of yeah. what that's what this the, i suppose that's what this whole combo is really about yeah and it's really wonderful that i haven't heard this story before this is really oh, fantastic yeah. for me it's because i haven't seen you in so long and yeah, it's been it's been yeah, years. yeah. And, and to hear this fresh is is truly incredible so thank you um so yes, just before I interrupt you, oh, no, right. you were um, talking about how you you got you got through that three week period, and then you got the the clean bill of health, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, got the it's like now you're a mission, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, great, great. I um and you know and, and and the most common thing that doctors say like that's it, go out, enjoy your life, and I'm like. Okay, how do I do that? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I just been seeing, you know, when you when you see when you when you get checked and you've been trained to be really diligent with looking after yourself and going through treatment and stuff like that, and you're like, okay, go enjoy your life, and I'm like, oh, okay, and I go, oh, okay, maybe I need to go and tie that loose end at the start of the year that I couldn't finish. Um, so I was very, um, very lucky that they allowed me to come in, uh, and there was like there was a um, a group of people that were about to start in August. So I jumped into that and I was very, it was almost serendipitous that one of the other people in the, in the group, because um, you go around the room and you introduce yourself and she went like near the beginning and I was like near the end of the circle <laughs> and she's got a different type of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Wow. And she found yoga through cancer. Wow. And so, and I was like, oh, because like I was like, generally when you like, I don't know if you ever feel like that when you're well, like, you have to yeah. introduce yourself and you're like, and you're like, oh, how am I going to like do this? And like, this is not my, <laughs> this is not my first rodeo doing this training. <laughs> um, but like she broke the wall and I just had to walk through and I was yeah. like, oh, well, thank you for sharing your story because I am too, um, have cancer and it's lymphoma as well, not Hodgkin's lymphoma. And we were able to, with the support of everyone in, 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 in the group as well, we're able to heal through yoga and move and really celebrate our life through movement because we were able to kind of relate and they go and oh, on those days that where we couldn't get out of bed yeah. or when, you know, when, when, you know, when life is just, it, it, it hands, it, like it's just got you on your hands and knees and you're just mm. kind of like, what do I do? Um, how, like, how am I going to get through the next minute to the next hour to the next day? Um, but then now we're doing this thing together and it's, it's incredible. Um, and doing something that we love as well. Another thing that we love. Um, and to finish that, I felt to finish the training, it felt that I was able to close that chapter. I couldn't close the beginning of the year. So that was almost for me just as important as finishing treatment. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's, yeah, it's like heaps of elation. I can imagine how powerful that is, particularly hearing that someone found yoga through cancer and it's like your experience was like fighting cancer through yoga. Like you were at the yoga thing when you found out cancer basically. That's like the, I mean, you know, you're talking about the serendipity and like 
the, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is mm. the how how does how does it feel when you are confronted with that that fear that you might that you might not make it you know that when you run through your head the all the fears that you know anyone would do you do you feel like do do you have any spiritual beliefs or I'm so curious about how people and how how individual people who go through anything or even just ordinary people walking around what they believe about facing death and it's not often that we have to think about it yeah yeah true but there's like a real thing where when you have a diagnosis which is like this thing yeah like could kill you and then you're left to contemplate that because Mm. every human on the planet theoretically knows we're all gonna die yeah you know where that's the curse of consciousness for our species yes oh that's so worded beautifully (laughs) (laughs) that is so worded beautifully but i'm not sure that and and people are you know if you ask nobody thinks they're immortal you know no one would think that yeah but it's so easy to not consider it and so was on this path what were your what are your spiritual conditions? What were, have they changed? I'm curious. I'm yeah. very curious. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm, I, I would say I'm more, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious yeah. um, as I, such. I, 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 I like, you know, you go through the initial thing, like I did not need this lesson. <laughs> Universe, what are you doing? I, I, I knew my... <laughs> Yeah, chill I out. knew, I, like, hang on a sec. Like, I knew life was short. I'm a nurse. Come on. Yeah, like, yeah. I know it changes in a moment. I don't need this lesson. I, 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 I knew, like, I need to enjoy this life because it's, it's finite. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I knew that in a way that I wanted to keep moving and being healthy until I can't move anymore. But then I was like, hang on. I'm like, I'm in my 30s. Like, yeah. this is, I don't need this lesson yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a good person i think <laughs> <laughs> and all of those sort of things and you kind of like um oh i'm going off on a tangent here i don't really there's know no, 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 uh, the tangent uh, was about like your spiritual life there's no yeah. there's no tangent you're yeah. going straight to the core like yeah um yeah yeah so i can imagine that that the deep unfairness mm. is something that would like torture you and haunt you. Yeah. Like, why me? Like these are the why things. Why me? And and so and how and how, what is it like to deal with that when you when you do have when you contemplate your immortality? Yeah, when you contemplate your immortality and and like you, spiritual but not religious, definitely define definitely uh, describes me. I like to describe. I like to. <laughs> I like to say that I have a mongrel spirituality. I like mm. borrow bits. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, so I I have no problem with. Uh, you know, using the word God, it's profoundly mysterious. Um, but I don't believe in the Christian God specifically. Mm, you know, like mm. the the imagery, I feel like everybody's secretly worshiping the same source of divinity. That these are anyway, yeah. I could bang on about this. Oh yeah, yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, tangents yeah. yeah. forever. <laughs> <clears throat> but when you don't have a particular tradition, mm. um, it's I find it's hard for spirituality to find expression. Yeah. And it's also hard to share the conviction that people of faith who come from a particular faith. So it's like if you're a Christian and you go to mass and you go to confession and you're like, I'm going to heaven with Jesus. You know, it's like they have a really solid belief. 
and I assume it's the same for, you know, religious Jews and, and Muslims. If it's like, if you're a good Muslim or a good Jew or you're a good Christian, then it's like you have a path and you believe in the salvation of your soul. Mm. And if you are a free thinking spiritual person where you're like, well, it's probably some kind of thing that's bigger than us because the cosmos is mysterious, but I don't think that my spirit like or that my soul probably survives in a recognisable form. Like I think mm-hmm. there's all these ideas that kind of percolate. You're like, well, I probably am not going to, I'm not going to make it out of here. Like my consciousness is not going to be preserved somehow. This is my feeling. Uh, but, <clears throat> pardon me, I've had, I had like a near-death experience when I was 20. Yeah. Um, I got sideswiped by a coach <sighs> and... Uh, I was fortunate. I Can walked I swear out. Here? I walked out of. <laughs> <laughs> I walked out of this thi- this like wrecked car, um, without a scratch at all. Nothing mm. touched me. It was incredible, and I just remember the visceral feeling. Yeah. That, like, you know, <laughs> when you're saying I didn't need that lesson, I I kind of needed that lesson <laughs> because mm. within within a month I'd changed everything about my life. I'd like quit a job. And I decided, you know what, like my life is, uh, you know, I, I, you don't get any second chances Yeah. and this thing is finite. And if I had cut, if I, if that was the end for me, that would have been a, re- a damn shame because there's lots of things that I would have done and there's lots of things that I would regret about how I'd been yeah. spending my time. Um, now I'm ranting. I'm <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh so, my God, please. So, oh, so no, the, I- the, um, so how, how is it? for you knowing that you're facing this thing and, and, you know, being spiritual without religious and, and not kind of confronting the uncertainty. Is that, is that, yeah. How, how does that feel? Um, oh, it feels incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think being, having a faith or anything like that would help. Sure. Um, in my, in my experience, yeah. I automatically like upon all that stress, I straight away, um, like I said earlier, like I didn't want any lies. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to hold any secrets around this. I mean, um, and I straight away went, okay, if this is it, I want my partner Russell to be looked after, um, and I don't. I want him to be well looked after, and I was like, and I don't want to suffer. That was my first thing I said to my brother when he came into the emergency room, and, um, and I go. Hey John, this if this is it, I don't want to suffer, and please make sure that everything goes and that that Russell's looked after, that he's that he's well looked after. That's all that matters for me, and I just don't want to suffer. So if if it if it comes to it, let me go. Um, and he was in tears, I was in tears, and I just said like I I had a good life, and if this is it, this is it. That's fine. You know what I mean? And um, so I automatically went into that kind of mode. Um, mm-hmm. And in a, in a way, um, you know, that is contrast, that is juxtaposed with um, this is this can't be it yet. Like I, I got fight and left in me, so I do whatever it takes. Yeah. I want um, for more time. Um, so, yeah, I had all these like, it's like yeah, a whole yeah. rainbow of um, <laughs> thoughts and... <laughs> yeah, full spectrum of full, emotion. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mal, I think, we're, you know, obviously 
there, there, there might be plenty more to say, but I think you've said plenty um, mm. about your journey and about how you feel and where you've, yeah. where you've come. So I want to thank you deeply, truly oh, for being you. here and, and discussing with me. And um, I wish you all the best and congrats on your you so path much. and your re- remission and, uh, and pursuing yoga. <laughs> and let's uh, we'll wrap it up there, I yep. think. I want to give you a hug, and then <gasps> yes! let's um, and then let's go and have some wonderful food with Annie. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You're a beautiful man. See you, good people. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Feel free to subscribe on your podcast listening platform of choice. This show is streamed live and you can watch the videos on YouTube and subscribe to my channel if that's your jam. You can find all the things that I do at www.papafire.com and if you're not anti-social media, then you can follow me at It's Papafire on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. That's at I-T-S-P-A-P-A-F-I-R-E. If you want to get in touch by email, it's dacarter at gmail.com. Catch you next time.